up, y'all? Welcome to Original Gamers Cast. I'm your host, Patrick Ryan, and I'm joined today by Nolan Brown. Hey there. And Joel Watt. Hello, friends. <laughs> so, uh, how you guys been doing this week? I'm busy. Very, very busy. Is it a good busy or bad? I mean, it's mostly been schoolwork and then my uh, D&D group decided we wanted to do something special because one of my friends is going, he actually has to go somewhere for school this next semester, so he's not going to be around. So we're like, okay, we're going to have one last week of special stuff. And yeah. Yeah. That was the other part. So that's also why I didn't get to play as much. Yeah. Golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, uh, I've always wanted to play D&D, but I've never had like a group of friends local who were into it, so I've I I understand the general concept of how it works, but I've never actually played. Yeah, it was pretty much me growing up. It was more like a friend from work's like kept has been was bugging me for a year. He's like, Hey, we just started a new thing that's not on this day that you do stuff. Would you like to come join? It's like, sure. So Nice. Yeah. What about you, Joel? Um I've been like working on a day, off a day, which mm. is weird because I usually work five days straight. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I write my own hours, you know, so I don't know. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah, it is nice, but, like, at the same time, I have to be there when I need to be there. So sometimes I'm there six days a week, and it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Good but grief. you know that that's that's the the perils of working at a church. <laughs> so, yeah. No kidding. But uh, yeah, no. Um, I actually stayed super late on Wednesday so I could have three days off, and then I totally just uh, wasted yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was up all night and uh, had to take a nap so I could be awake for this. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I'm. I'm uh, excited for later today, and yeah, sweet, cool. Um, yeah, and my week's mostly just been work, work, and more work. I uh, I work overnights at a TV station, and I'm sure there's probably something in my employee handbook about talking about them specifically in the media. So I'm not gonna say where or anything like that, just in case. But uh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I work overnight, and so that usually means when I come home at seven o'clock in the morning, I go straight to bed. So that's what I was doing <laughs> right before uh, I came on here to record this. Uh, I do want to mention briefly uh, the, for the very first episode of this, I did the recording, um, and will have done the editing. Um, I haven't edited it yet, <laughs> but uh, but this week um, we brought on. <laughs> A fellow uh, Geeks Under Grace community member, LJ Lowry. He has uh, he's got his mic muted, but uh, he's here and um, he has filled in for me, uh, recording the other podcasts that I work on. And he did such an awesome job that I was like, "Hey, I should ask him to do this so that I don't have to do it." And he got super excited and gave me twenty dollars. That's not true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, wow. uh, he did get excited, but uh, uh, not so much that he gave me money. So. <laughs> um, 
All right. So anyway, we're um, this week we are talking about Banjo Kazooie, uh, which I will admit until the Xbox 360 uh, version for Xbox Live Arcade, I never actually owned, even though I have an N64 and I love these types of games. Uh, so I've I've played it some. Uh, and when I say some, that probably makes it sound like I've played it a lot less than I actually have. Uh, but I haven't beat it. So um, I'm familiar with how the game works and the characters. And, and uh, of course, being a big fan of Rare's games like uh, Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo and a bunch of their other work, um, I'm familiar with uh, yeah, a lot of the concepts of the game. But uh, Joel here is yeah. the resident Banjo-Kazooie guru. I, yeah. I, I probably beat this game nine times. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, dang. I love this game. Yeah. So, um, so I, I look in here in the notes. So I mentioned it's developed by Rare, which is a British developer. And for, for the time, like especially back in the Super Nintendo and, and the NES, it's, it's very um, odd how much access rare got to nintendo's consoles because nintendo was a japanese company and they're very rooted in their japanese ways so it, it was not it was not very common for them to open up like they did to rare to outside developers um but thank goodness they did because rare went on to make uh in my opinion of some of nintendo's best yes games. yeah i i can agree with that mm. Um, so the game for the N64 was published by Nintendo, and then later when it came out for Xbox Live Arcade, it was published by Microsoft Game Studios, and I'm sure uh, we'll get a little bit more into how that came about uh, later in the show. Um, and now we're going to get into a bunch, well I say a bunch, two names that I'm not familiar <laughs> with. <laughs> um, it's designed by a gentleman named Greg, is that Males? Or Mailis? Yeah. Okay. Ma- Mailis? Mails? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Greg, if you're listening, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to say Mails. No, Mails. Mails sounds good. Um, and what I was surprised by, and I guess just from my ignorance, I know uh, David Weiss is the big composer with Rare that I know. And so when I saw that this is composed by a guy named Grant, Grant Kirkhope, um, I don't know that name. Oh, you don't know Grant Kirk? No, I do yeah. not. Oh, this man. Is, uh, he's in a couple of the other things. I, can't, I mean, of course, I can't remember right now, but he, he he's did like, a, yeah. Uh, he's like the internet's uh, favorite video game composer right behind, you know, the the big ones. Like, yeah. he, he loves doing indie games. And I know he's actually become good friends with a lot of YouTubers um, and, and Twitch yeah. uh, streamers. Uh, because he's so active on the internet, yeah, and and uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy. I I love Grant Kirkhope. I follow him on Twitter. He's really funny. Like, uh. <laughs> so it's funny you you mentioned that because I remember um first time I like heard of him really was an episode of Game Grumps. They had him on as like a guest, like the yeah, like guest he's, Grumps, he's friends yeah. with JonTron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, and yeah. and Gerard Khalil, the completionist, and like all these other guys. He's, yeah. he's been on GDQs and like other marathon streams. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 
I'm gushing about Grant Kirkhope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like I'm going to have to uh, look this guy up. I love uh, video game music. Um, I've As I've gotten older and am slowly morphing into a grumpy curmudgeon, <laughs> um, I found that I like my music lyricless. Um, so I, I listen to a lot of movie scores and video yeah. game scores because after hearing about the dance floor and people's booties for so long i just can't take it anymore <laughs> so yes. um, what music do you, did you used to listen to <laughs> uh, well uh you know growing up christian i i spent most of my uh the 90s listening to like the newsboys and dc talk and uh audio journaling michael w smith petra stuff like that um but they don't even write christian music that good anymore now it's you know, you turn on, pick your favorite Christian radio station, which, by the way, is probably some nationally uh, broadcast station. It's not even local anymore. Um, yeah, sadly, but, yeah, yeah. Which My that local one mm-hmm. went out. So right, and so, but then you'll hear like I almost said like God of Wonders, which that song's probably twenty years old. But oh, um, yeah. I think it is. So, so that's how long it's yeah, been since I've regularly listened to Christian music. It's just you hear the same thing over and over again. And I guess like because it's by a different artist, they're like, Oh no, it's a different song. No, it's not. <laughs> um so then I when I got older and moved out and kinda had more control over what I was allowed to listen to, I ventured into listening to secular music and I found some that I like. I like uh I like Lincoln Park. I like Kelly Clarkson and Coldplay to a certain extent, but most of it is just it's it's the same thing over and over and over again and and sometimes it's kind of gross. <laughs> so Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I so I started listening to more video game soundtracks. I love Koji Kondo. Um Yeah. Uh, Nobu Yamatsu, who uh, I have, I have all three of his Black Mages albums. Which, for those of you who don't know, those are uh, metal versions of a lot of the songs that he, which, which usually means, um, yeah, he's he plays in it. I think he plays keys. Uh, I think so. He plays band. guitar too. Does I've he? Seen him. Does he? Yeah. That okay. that doesn't surprise me. The man is super talented. Um, so it's mostly Final Fantasy music. I think on one of the albums, there's like a random song from another game that he wrote for, but I I don't Kingdom know Wars. which. But, uh, <laughs> I maybe I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I know I know he's not hugely active at Square. Actually, he might not be with Square at all anymore um but anyway we went off on a tangent so you talk about banjo kazooie <laughs> yeah um yes later talk about video game music uh, yes uh, so uh maybe we'll do an, an entire episode that's just video game music i could gush about that all day um okay anyway so the game initially came out for the n64 uh in north america on june 29th 1998 guys oh this game is not as old as Zelda from last week, but nope, it's still. I mean, old. to be fair, not many things are. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it came out in Europe on July seventeenth of the same year. I strangely could not find a Japanese release date, but I know it came out in Japan. I just don't know when. Uh, but I would assume 
probably the same year at the very least, and if not, very close by. Yeah. Uh, and then it got a worldwide release on Xbox Live Arcade, uh, December 3rd, 2008. And then again for the Rare Replay collection on Xbox One, uh, that was on August 4th, uh, just last year, 2015. And if you're interested in playing this game, uh, chances are Rare Replay would be the way that you would do that. Although um, you, of course, can still get it uh, a la carte through Xbox Live Arcade thanks to Microsoft's backwards compatibility. With, In fact, uh, if you play uh, Rare Replay, most of the games that are on that that were already released for Xbox 360, you're literally just playing the 360 version. It's not some new. Yeah. Um, and I, I discovered that when, um, when the the backwards compatibility came out for the Xbox One dashboard preview preview program members, because I was in that. I might still be in it. I don't know. I haven't looked in a while. But uh, <laughs> when when Rare Replay came out, uh, I didn't get it right away, but I had Perfect Dark from, oh, that's the, right. from the 360. Tried so, to do that. Yeah, so I got some uh, community members, and we tried it out, and people with Rare Replay were able to play Perfect Dark with me no while way. I was on my Xbox 360. Yeah. So that that's was pretty, pretty cool. tight. Um, and I So I assumed that the other... Although I, I guess Perfect Dark Zero was multiplayer i don't know what other 360 games because i like banjo kazooie is not multiplayer and uh <laughs> right maybe maybe viva pinata oh yeah banjo tooie is multiplayer banjo tooie is yeah okay really? banjo kazooie no. yeah there's oh. been three sequels there was banjo tooie banjo kazooie grunty's revenge and banjo kazooie nuts and bolts Nuts and Bolts was on the 360, and it's considered the worst Banjo game ever. It's not even a Banjo-Kazooie game. <laughs> yeah. We kind of went over that earlier before we started. <laughs> That's really? when, uh, when yeah. Rare went through there. Okay, we got bought by Microsoft. Now let's make junk, I guess. Yes, <laughs> I let's ruin all of our old franchises. Um, but, yeah, that's what uh, I guess... I guess most people would blame that on Microsoft, but um, I don't. I don't know how these things in the video game industry work. I, I know that Microsoft's not stupid, so for some reason they thought that whatever they had Rare doing was a good idea, and it just wasn't. <laughs> so it wasn't what the fans wanted. That, I I've heard a lot of people say it's not a bad game. It just it's not a good Banjo Kazooie game. <laughs> that's how. Um, that's probably accurate. How a lot of people describe uh, Star Fox Adventures. Which yeah. is another yes. rare oh, game. You know, I like. You know what? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. did I. That was that was cool. I, I've actually not played it because I heard it was so bad. So I no, just, it's like, not. Okay, just, just don't think of it as a Star Fox game. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I I bought it because it had Star Fox on the title, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I started playing it. I was like, this isn't Star Fox. But yeah, I like it. <laughs> was our uh, our sound guy saying that he agrees that. Yes. Uh, it's like a Zelda game. It's oh, like a Zelda game. Okay. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I, I could see how someone would be disappointed. Like, all right, I'm going to fly through space and blow things up. What is this? You're running yeah, around exactly. on the ground with this yeah. pole that shoots fire. Like, oh. I, I For the longest time, I felt that way about uh, Super Mario Sunshine. I was like, uh, this game is a great Mario, a, a great game. I'm just not convinced that it's a great Mario game. 
Uh, but now I think if I went back and played it, um, and I'm I'm a more mature gamer and uh, have a better critical eye, I might change my mind because there's a lot of really great Mario features in that that I think just kind of get covered up by the goofy um, the water pack that he carries around. But yeah. um, anyway, back to Bender. Yes, back to Bender. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, this is uh, this is just uh, normal for Geeks Under Grace people. We start totally derailing and just. <laughs> move on to other things so um, i still have my uh, cartridge of banjo kazooie i i don't have it with me but oh no that's super mario world darn it (laughs) (laughs) once again i have a drawer full of random stuff like the the game i have in my n64 right now is rogue squadron so I don't know what I did with my cartridge, but yeah. I I know I have it. I I let's played it for Geek Center Grace Gaming. I yeah, mm-hmm. Banjo Kazooie is great. Yes, yeah, it's uh so uh you know segueing into like the the presentation and stuff. Um, this this game is very. I mean, I always thought like for an N sixty four game, um, it was pretty detailed in. Like how it looked, like especially when you compare it to other similar games, like uh, especially Super Mario sixty four, which is very uh, flat looking. Oh um, there's there's like zero texture in that yeah. game at all, and uh, it didn't age well. <laughs> right, no, it, it didn't. Like I was watching the game girls play that. They're like, "This looks horrible. This hurts to watch." Right. Why is everyone like this? And it's like, but you remember it was the. Um, it's basically what came out for the N sixty four at that time. Yeah, it was it was a launch title. It was almost like uh, a, a, a tech demo that was fully fleshed out. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So Banjo Kazooie looks incredible. Um, yeah. Standing next to that, and even um, what's the other like like Ocarina of Time? Of course, has significantly more detail to it than Super Mario sixty four, but. Yeah. Banjo Kazooie still to me it just it's a lot busier and there's more going on and the yeah. textures are a little bit more detailed. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If I could read this to you um, from Wikipedia, it says Banjo Kazooie employs an advanced te- technique to render its graphics. The characters were created with minimal amounts of texturing. Ah, surprise! Ah. Give them a sharp and clean look. Mm-hmm. While the backgrounds use very large textures to split into sixty-four by sixty-four pieces which is the largest texture size that an N64 could render. And it caused memory issues, and they created a way to reshuffle things, and it's, uh, which was you know, not done at the time. It's a you know, miracle programming. And so that's why it has uh, aged well, is because they, they put a lot of effort into making it look good. Mm-hmm. Not realistic, obviously, but right. just or looks good. Yeah, and and Rare is traditionally, at least while they were with Nintendo, very good about um, kind of really getting into the hardware that they're developing for and pushing mm-hmm. it to. It's like uh, Donkey Kong Country for I was gonna Super say Nintendo. That. Yeah. Still today, looks is, pretty. It's great. amazing how great that game looks. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah. So I I was impressed. Um, when it came out, apparently not impressed enough to go buy it, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, it's a very very pretty looking game as rare games, at least of the Nintendo era. I don't I don't want to talk much about 
rare on Microsoft because <laughs> it just makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, we heck, we could probably maybe uh, there'll be a little note for me later. Uh, this this can get edited out if if it doesn't make any sense, LJ. But uh, maybe maybe occasionally we we do episodes where we just talk about different developers who have been around for a while because Rare has quite the history that yeah uh, deserves to be celebrated yeah um Um, if if i could just uh say my little history with rare um my parents were going through a divorce during the uh, snes era so i didn't get a lot of video games at that time um so i never played donkey kong country Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't know about rares uh you know history with nintendo until the n64 um and I think the first game of theirs I played was Diddy Kong Racing. I was like, this oh, game yes. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm reading about Banjo in, the, in, in that game. And I'm going, wait, he's going to be in another game? I want that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I got it. And, yeah, I've loved it ever since the last uh, 18 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I loved uh, Diddy Kong Racing, and that was great. Like, and I, and I'm really disappointed that not because all of those characters that were in that, I think at one point were supposed to be in their own games. Yeah, and it was supposed to be like a launch launch. Yeah, and then like Timba never, as far as I know, never came out for anything. Um, Conquer's Conquer game did. got totally remade into an adult <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, it did. <laughs> like, his uh, voice changed too. Like I, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. at the time, but it's like afterwards, I'm like, someone point out, I'm like, oh yeah, because he's like, because in Diddy Kong, he's just like, he's got that high squeaky kind yeah, of. Yeah, he uh, sounds like a little kid. Right. Yeah. And then in in Bad Fur Day, he sounds almost like an adult. Yeah. Or, yeah. Pretty or, much. Or maybe like a little kid who's been smoking since the day he was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, wakes up from a hangover. Oh, <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, so, uh, so the musical score. This uh, I was telling the guys uh, before we started recording that uh, the guy who recorded or composed this, I'm not familiar with him, or at least I wasn't until very recently. Because uh, before I saw this name, you know, David Wise, he's the the rare guy. He's he did all the music for Donkey Kong Country and. Uh, really a lot what I just assumed was all of Rare's great games and then I come across this name uh, Grant Kirkhope and I'm like who is this guy and Mm -hmm. then Joel and Nolan proceeded to school me so (laughs) I will now let them school you on who this gentleman is so I thought we just talked about this did we oh wait did we in the were we recording already maybe a little bit I mean you can't when you're going over the like who's oh, who in this. That's right. We were recording. Well, okay. Bit, so. but, I mean, <laughs> I'm a bad host. Sorry. <laughs> right. um, uh, LJ can just move stuff around. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's that's what we uh, that's what we pay him the big bucks. And of course. By pay him, I mean <laughs> he gets to do this because he's a swell guy. Yeah. More detail could be. Fine. That's right. <clears throat> uh, but yeah. I mean, so uh, so so um, one cool thing that I know that. Um, Grant did, and at least Banjo, I'm pretty sure he did in all the games that he did. Um, but like 
for the musical scores, he made it kind of fade in and fade out very smoothly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, I can't. Oh, I, I can't. Th- like I can't think of any other. That's the sad part. I'm like, I know he's done several. Um, kind of like in Ocarina of Time. If you're just going somewhere, it'll just like fade into the next song pretty smoothly. Yeah. So that that was one thing that I I you know I would at the time it's just like oh, okay whatever but looking back it's like hey that was really cool that you know when they do that especially for the time it was like hey they're doing a cool thing it's not just like okay next thing just violently new song right so uh, a little more information on Grant Kirkhope uh, apparently his his first video game he did was Killer Instinct two or Killer Instinct Gold. Okay. He, he did Con- yeah. Donkey Kong Country Land 2, which was on the Game Boy. He did uh-huh. GoldenEye 007, uh, obviously Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Donkey Kong 64, Perfect Dark, Star Fox Adventures, Viva Pinata, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, um, Kingdoms of Amalur. Oh, really? <laughs> I've yeah. heard of that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Ninja Gaiden Z. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh. Civil- Civilization Beyond Earth. Uh, and of course, the upcoming ukulele. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and a hat in time. Both are these spiritual successors to the three D platformers of the N sixty four. I forgot about a hat in time. I remember when it started getting buzz. Yeah. Hearing about it and being like, I need to play this. Like a hat in time like running around. That? And there's like no voices and no animations, but mm-hmm. like it still looked amazing. And I was like, I want to get this game. It it was a Kickstarter game, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember the the lead character kind of reminded me a little bit about um, what's that 3ds Professor Layton. Oh he, yeah. He kind of looks like him. Uh, com- two completely different games, um, obviously, but. Uh, so the main character in A Hat in Time, she's called Hat Kid. And yeah, she wears the same like purple hat as Professor Layton. Mm-hmm. And and that's like her thing is you go around and you collect hats. And But yeah, she she looks like a young female version of Professor Layton. Yeah. And, but back to Kirkhope, um, he's, he did the voice of Mumbo Jumbo in Banjo-Kazooie and Bottles and mm-hmm. Jam Jars in the sequel and the Jinjos. And, wow, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's done vocals on lots of other things too. But that's just a little blurb I see here on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It says here that he's 53. Man, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's it's weird to you know the video game industry is. I guess it's you know a good 30 years old. Um, but it's since there's a lot of young blood in that industry, it, it's always cool to me to hear that someone's been around for a while and is is getting older. And um, not that you're old, Grant. Just <laughs> old enough to be my dad, right? But but you know, usually when you, when you hear about uh, um, people who have been around a while in the video game industry and they're getting up there in age. The chances are they work for Nintendo or maybe Capcom or or something like that. Or um, like they used to work for Atari. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, like those are the oldest video game guys I can think of would be mm-hmm. the dudes from Atari. And most of them don't even make video games anymore. Right. Yeah. They just 
they they either have regular jobs now or they're sitting on some giant pile of cash that they they managed to score um but i so kind of comparing what i can remember of the score in this game to uh david wise's stuff it it seems like this guy's music is probably a little bit more uh maybe the word i'm looking for is whimsical um very very walt disney cartoon like whereas um stuff from donkey kong country is uh it sounds a little bit more serious a little more full um and i'm not that's not to say that one is better than the other it's just these are how they're different from yeah. each other um cuz i know like i i couldn't see myself just sitting around listening to the soundtrack to banjo kazooie cuz it's again not that i don't like it but um, I would need the game running, you know, to put it with the silliness that's happening on the screen. Yeah, I think to really uh, get behind it. But uh, I don't know. I probably agree been. with that. I mean, it definitely has more of a kind of cartoon. I mean, like that sounds weird to say, but yeah, it kind of does have more of a cartoony sound to it. Mm-hmm. But it's it fits well with the game, you know? Right. Yeah, it's got a lot of trombones. And yeah, so, uh-huh. banjos and kazoos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I love hmm. kazoos. <laughs> no, is that what that means? No, yeah. <laughs> Rare really hit the nail on the head there. Like, <laughs> you know, like it. It took me a long time to realize that, like, like the fanfares for when you collect jiggies, mm-hmm. like they're they're led by banjos and kazoos like i was like yeah. oh duh <laughs> like i was it was probably when i was let's playing for for geeks and grace i was like oh it's okay that's what's going on right <laughs> and and like you know banjo's sister the the whole like point of the game is you're trying to rescue his sister and her name is Tootie, and she toots on a horn like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah and the uh, all these musical things going on. I'm just like totally over my head <laughs> as, as a young teenager it was anyway. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the story, uh, so a, a witch kidnaps Banjo's sister. What'd you say your name was again? Her Tootie. name is Tootie. Tootie. And that's, that's different from Tui from the sequel, right? Yes. Not the, okay. She's yeah. not even in Tui except as an Easter egg. <laughs> okay. Uh, so she gets kidnapped because the witch wants to look beautiful. Yep. And decided Very, yeah. decided that this ass. weird bear thing with blonde hair was the key to unlocking her beauty. So uh, she kidnaps, and the the witch's name is the like Grun something. Gruntilda. Gruntilda. Yeah. Um, and uses her somehow to become this game's version of beautiful, and then. 2D becomes this hideous looking grotesque monster thing. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, I was uh, weirded out by the game over screen. I was like, oh, yeah. Grunty shouldn't look like that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I'm like, she's kind of, yeah. She has very yeah. exaggerated features, right? She does. Yeah, that's yeah, and and actually, <laughs> yes. this is this is a thing that Rare did a lot in the N sixty four era was like they 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 made some a lot of their female characters very risque, mm-hmm. and I mean you look at Candy Kong and right. uh, and 
characters oh, yeah, in huh? Banjo Tooie, like Humba Wumba and what was the bee's name? Honey Bee, probably. I'm not very creative. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just exaggerated features is the best way to put right. it. And then, especially Conquer. Oh, oh, man. oh my gosh! <laughs> Let's that's, not talk about conquer. That game flowers. makes me upset. <laughs> the fl- yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, if 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 you're listening and you're older than 18 and you're really that curious, uh, go go play conquer. It's it's interesting. There are <laughs> but, a lot uh, of fun parts to it, but it's, but it's, then then when you're done, call your mother and tell her that you love her and. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll need to. Get on to. your knees to the Lord and ask for forgiveness for wallowing in filth for the last 12 hours. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, talking about outside influences for this game, obviously um, it is a what is kind of now called a collectathon. Yes. Uh, which uh, it's kind of like the guys at Rare played Super Mario 64 and said, hey, let's cram 900 times that much content into one game. Well, that's that's yeah. technically <laughs> Donkey Kong 64. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my gosh. Maybe just has a, a lot more going on than, than Super Mario 64, but not that much. Maybe twice as much. Right. I, I remember sitting down to play Donkey Kong 64 and just thinking, I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't realize that I sat down to play the 3D platformer equivalent to Final Fantasy VI. I just don't have this kind of time. Wow. It, it actually, wow. As far as I know, it has, going off on a tangent, Donkey Kong 64 has the world Guinness Book of, oh boy, the Guinness Book of World Records, yeah. uh, like most items to collect in a game. And that's crazy now, you know, considering we live in a world where The Witcher 3 is a thing and yeah. Skyrim is a thing and Fallout 4 is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and this N64 game that uh, was so big, it required the little expansion pack. Uh, it it did require that, right? I think. Yes, so. it did. Yeah. It came packed in with it because there was a memory error that couldn't be solved without it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rare was like, well, we could make the game smaller, or we could just include this little Well, no, it, it wasn't that. They, there was a memory error. They couldn't figure it out. Yeah. They, they didn't know what was wrong, and they're like, well, it works with more RAM, so let's just give it more RAM. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they probably went to some guy and was like, hey, find this error, and he goes, do you know how many lines of code there are in this game? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. There's <laughs> five million lines of code. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, Banjo Kazooie obviously influenced uh, a lot by Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, yeah. I and heard at one point that it was uh, built on the Super Mario sixty four engine. Like it was, it was a. I heard that too. I could see that. It was a ROM yeah. hack, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Except, arguably better. Yeah, in right. A lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's, I actually played Banjo Kazooie long before I played Super Mario sixty four. Um, mm-hmm. I. Because obviously the N64 didn't come with a pack-in game like the previous Nintendo consoles. And so I had to go out and spend my own Christmas money on a game. And I chose uh, Cruising USA, which was a wise investment. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, my my wonderful 12-year-old mind. um, Mm -hmm. 
1996, so I just turned 13, actually. Yeah. My birthday is Christmas, for those who don't know. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, what was it? Banjo-Kazooie, or no, I already told this story. The Diddy Kong Racing comes out, and then Banjo-Kazooie yeah. comes out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just, I never had uh, Super Mario 64 in its initial run. A friend of mine had it, and he played it, and I was like, I kind of like banjo better. Like e- even as a young teen, I was like, I, I like banjo better. <laughs> I also, um, when I got my N64, I bought Super Mario 64 and Cruising USA. And nice. <laughs> then uh, for Christmas, someone got me, probably my grandmother, because my parents wouldn't buy any video games. Thanks, mom. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but my uh, my grandmother got um, that Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. Oh wow! That oh, was man. that, I th- and that was kind of like the the spiritual successor to uh, NFL Blitz and oh. all those sports games that have no rules to them. Uh, but oh, that's, yeah, NFL Blitz was fun. Yeah, it was. So, um, but yeah, so that's my, and then uh, I have had and still have a lot of my N64 games. I'm just, I'm not real sure why Banjo-Kazooie never made it uh, into the list. So, and that actually would be, we're, we're kind of already talking about it, but uh, we can elaborate more on how this game has impacted our own lives, um, the video game industry as a whole. Uh, I don't know that this game's had a huge impact, uh, at least not on American culture. Um, at least not like like Zelda did or yeah. you know Super Mario Brothers or any of those things. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I I didn't own it until the 360 port uh, on Xbox Live Arcade came out, and that, that's uh, Microsoft getting access to Rare's past library is arguably the best thing that to come from that purchase of the company because goodness knows nothing that they've made since then. Um, actually, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point, but Perfect Dark Zero was almost hilariously bad. Like uh, Mystery Science Theater movie uh, kind of bad. Wow. It's just uh, Really? Oh, yeah. Like, well, and not yeah. even not even because, like, the plot or anything was ridiculous. The plot was fine. It was just very poorly programmed. Uh, you would kill somebody, and their body would bounce around the environment. Like, oh man, yeah, and and like you, you could. So it boasted, um, I think sixty four. I'll try and keep this brief. It boasted sixty four player online, which was for back then. Like nowadays, you get Battlefield is doing that. You like know, eighty, just, yeah, <laughs> but um. So that was huge, and I remember hopping online, and you know you're lining someone up in in like a sniper or some kind of rifle, and you get them down the sights, and you fire, and some guy's physicsless body floats in front of you right as you squeeze the trigger and blows <laughs> your shot, and and so like as long as you didn't get aggravated about that, it was kind of funny <laughs> watching <laughs> this limp body float through the air and basically mess up. Everything that you're trying to do. That's um, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> He's not bound by gravity, but he still has mass. Yes. It ruins your shot. <laughs> right. Because it, yeah. it would absorb your bullet, and you'd be like, well, there goes that. <laughs> cool. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, Microsoft got a hold of 
all those old games and started slowly uh, bringing them to Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, and so that's when I, that was the first time I owned it. I had a friend who had it for N64. And so I'd go over there and watch him play it. Or uh, sometimes I played it myself. Uh, but it, you know, it's very, very similar in, in feel and control to uh, Super Mario 64. Um, with, of course, the, the, I guess the biggest difference being that Kazooie could come out of the backpack and you'd kind of float or yeah, Something Benjo had a partner in crime, so mm-hmm. to speak, because um, they, they would team up and do these moves together. Uh, my biggest uh, observation of the difference... Wow, that's not at all what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Words, how do they work? Mm-hmm. Uh, For me, the biggest difference is uh, the camera control uh, between Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie. Mm-hmm. The, the Banjo-Kazooie has much better camera control. Um, yeah. As far as like going into first person mode and looking around and and being able to rotate the camera around and zoom it in and out, uh, like just much better. Uh, ben, uh, what am I trying to say? Super Mario 64 takes away the camera control a lot yeah. and is trying to emulate the side-scrolling feel of the other Super Mario games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it just doesn't work in a 3D environment. And you know, right. rare realize that so. Like let's just give the player control of the camera. It makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I had a joke and then I lost. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> okay. I, I was gonna say something that just it instantly left my head. Yeah. Oh, don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. You're like, man, I'm hilarious until I forget what I was. Gonna say. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. I mean, I I am the funniest person <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I about the camera, um, one thing about Nintendo's ability to, you know, program a camera is, and yeah, sometimes the camera in Super Mario 64 is frustrating because oh. the, the camera gets into it. It's like, no, this is where I need to be for your best angle, and you're just going to live with that. Uh, but a lot of times, it was right. You know, it, it would float out to wherever it was that. Nintendo thought that it needed to be and you're like no actually this works occasionally it was wrong and you'd want to change it and it would be like no I'm not moving this is the great Shigeru Miyamoto decided that this is where I need to be and you just need to get used to this fact <laughs> um, uh, Miyamoto because right? I remember when um, Mario Galaxy came out and there's other than flipping the camera like directly behind you there is no way to control the camera in that game. Nope. But surprisingly, I didn't find myself wanting to change it all that much because it just seemed to be it, yeah. where it needed to be. I, you know, I'd say like 95% of the time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like you, yeah, you couldn't move it as much, but it was the camera was better. Yeah. Still, so. Yeah, I, I actually played uh, Sunshine after Galaxy. Um, and you have like total control in Sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, of the camera, just like in Wind Waker, and uh, yeah, in in Galaxy, like I, again, the camera's always where it needs to be. So yeah, Nintendo knows what they're doing these days when it comes to camera control. Mm-hmm. They just didn't with Mario sixty four, <laughs> and and again, it was a launch title. It was their first foray into three D. Like nobody had ever done this before, so right. I don't yeah. fault them at all. Oh it's yeah. Just, yeah, not even. Yeah. It's just somebody came along and did it better. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry. 
no absolutely and it's it's uh i'll have to because my only experience with the camera in banjo kazooie is obviously with the right analog stick on a 360 i guess not my only experience but the only experience i can remember uh so i i don't i remember on the if you for those of you listening if you recall the n64 controller just had those buttons and so you you kind of you'd hit it and the game would the camera would move a predetermined amount yeah it, uh, it would move like 45 degrees at a time yeah or something and yeah you'd use the c buttons left and right to move it left and right and uh, yeah up to go to first person and down to zoom in and out yeah like tighter mm-hmm. angle wider angle and and I'm sure they they just mapped those buttons to the right stick, and it it still has like the, those predetermined angles, right? Um, you know, I'm trying to think, but since it's not sticking out in my head, I kind of want to lean towards they made it so that it's smooth. Huh. Um, but I'd have to. I'd have to pull it up. I know, I know they improved yeah. it in Banjo Tooie. They they gave you complete control over the rotation instead of the preset like forty five degrees. Yeah. Okay. So would would you like hold the button and yeah, you would hold the button and it would go. rotate. It just move on its own. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and that now that I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, most three D games you play today, and I guess most of them wouldn't necessarily be considered platformers because you're not necessarily walking from one platform and jumping to it uh but but similar games you know that are in a 3d space like tomb raider uh they all the camera just chases you it's it's very rarely not directly behind the character and that's just not something that was true of especially a lot of n64 uh, platformers, and I guess that's probably because since you are doing a lot of difficult jumps from platform to platform, if the camera was just behind you, you wouldn't really be <laughs> able to miss. see how far you need to jump. You'd miss uh, a lot, <laughs> right? Which, um, I was another tangent here. I was surprised how well that worked. And did either of y'all play Metroid Prime? Yes, there's a lot yes. of jumping from platform to platform. It's, in it's that. a first-person platformer. Yeah, <laughs> how does it, that work? Yeah. It, it was surprisingly not the most aggravating thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it actually worked really well. So you had a double yeah. jump. Yeah, yeah. So they they found a way to to make it a pleasant experience. Um, but I guess I I was just I hadn't really thought much about um, the fact that a lot of these. 3D platform, traditional 3D platformers, the camera's not... Actually, it's probably rarely directly behind you, because usually it's kind of high, and you, you've got sort of like a, a, a three-fourth... Like, um... Almost isometric. Yeah, yeah, like like mm-hmm. a Sonic 3D Blast, or a, a game like that, where the, the camera's up, so that you can see everything around you. Well, anyway, uh, we've talked a lot about we actually talked a lot more about this than i thought we would considering that nolan and i uh don't know the game quite as well as well well then you guys have some homework to do you need to beat the game you, <laughs> like seriously you need i and i challenge everyone who's listening go out because it's not a, hard to obtain these days especially with the you know 360 and mm. uh, compatibility and all that like uh-uh. go out and get the game and beat it it's it's a really good game. You'll have fun. You'll laugh. 
and uh, the ending is is uh, surprising. I'm gonna put it that, that way. It the, the I when I let's played I, I said this last week when I let's played it for Geek Centigrades, um the final episode went horrible because I could not beat the final boss uh, easily, and it took me like two hours, and I scrapped it. She <laughs> oh was difficult though. I remember that. Like I, I remember that I beat this, a, like a while ago. Like at my friend's house, we had one of those up all night playing uh, things. Yeah, yeah. But I, pro- I don't think I even remember exactly what happened. I mean, I'm sure I could guess, but. Mm-hmm. Because I just did this less than a year ago. It's still fresh in my mind. So, yeah, it, it was surprisingly difficult. Yeah. Uh, About how long should it take, like a normal person going to not not a hundred percenting the well, game, going to how just going long through to it. And, yeah, I was actually just <laughs> headed there, and and I think I I want to uh, make that part of a regular part of the show. So I'm actually going to look up um, a link to the past. And oh, I oh okay. Wow, they have the website looked like something else. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, you I know, the same looks, thing at first. It looks like you have to log in now, which I I've used the service before. So okay, I, you just got to hit the search tab at the top. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I have to log. Main in. Main story is ten hours. Okay. Yeah. So this was the first game that I ever tried to speedrun. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm any good at speedrunning, but uh, I think the first time I completed played it to completion, I did it in about twelve hours, um, and it's saying fifteen hours here on how long to beat. Um, and then I, I I played it again and did it in about ten hours, and I was like, well, I want to know, like, if I tried, if I really tried, how long would it take me? And it was uh, a little under seven hours. Uh, oh wow! That was me just running as fast as I could, just remembering where everything was, and mm. I did a hundred percent in in less than seven hours. It was six something. Um, I think I ended up deleting that file by accident. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, like, needless to say, like this is part of the reason why I beat the game nine times. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there are there any like? Because I know in Super Mario sixty four, there's a lot of glitches, and people have been able to beat it in oh, like I, a matter I of minutes. I do when okay. I speedrun a game, I do no out of bounds. Yeah, I, I it's purest. Um, right. <laughs> I'm sure there are glitches, but I just don't know any, mm-hmm. so I don't like to use them. Yeah. So and that's and, cheating. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that is. I will agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> word lj uh, so uh and since we're talking about it and we didn't mention it last week uh i just looked up a link to the past and it says 16 hours and that that seems a sounds long. long to me wow. i've done it in less than that yeah i'm i'm and almost I'm positive i beat that uh quicker than that and i i don't just I don't think I've ever just run through that game as quickly as, as i could either yeah, like, i i spend time in it, uh, I don't think there's a Zelda game I've played that I haven't done 100. percent Like, yeah, <laughs> you have to, right? At least at some point, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now it says uh, if you're going to complete it, it's 19 hours. What? Which, yeah, I, I'm sitting here thinking, who's playing this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of news. Maybe but, like my very first time when I'm very, very lost a lot. But yeah, I don't know. Now that oh, I know boy. the game, no way. Mm-hmm. 
And that's another thing, too, is like that. It's like, yeah, okay, I know a game, so I know where to go for all that stuff. It's a lot easier, so it cuts it in half at least. Right. This like is my buddy the- was playing it for the first time. And I'm, like, he's on uh, the second level. What was that? I don't even, I can't remember what that one's called. The In A Link to the Past? Yeah. Uh, That's the Desert Palace, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, in, in the light world, and, like, he's yeah, yeah. fighting the boss. I'm like... Dude, why don't you have the ice rod? It'd be so much easier to fight this guy. He's like, no, it wouldn't. Like, you can't even get it yet. I'm like, yes, you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> right here. It's right here. You just need bombs. Like, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh. He's like, yeah. Don't, don't, don't question me on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that actually uh, made me think. Uh, going back to Banjo Kazooie, are there ways to like upgrade your character, or is yeah. it? It's like Mario sixty four. You're just this is how you are. Oh uh, no, you uh, you learn new moves throughout the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's that mole guy. Yeah, bottles. Will... You have to collect bottles. notes and find his mole pills. Yeah. And you know, if you have enough notes, then he'll grant you the move. Every time uh, I play a game like that, I, I want to be like, dude, my sister got kidnapped, and you're gonna like hound me about notes. Seriously, just teach me the move. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you tell me I need to get this MacGuffin in order to be better. Come right. on. Uh, it's the same way like in, you play Final Fantasy. Like, dude, you realize the world is ending and you want to charge me for the sword? Come on. <laughs> That's right? side quest. <laughs> like, oh, my daughter. Like, I'll tell you what. I won't buy this sword and we'll just die. How does that sound? <laughs> Everyone will know it's your fault. Yeah, I'm going to. Right before the meteor hits the planet, I'm going to make sure there's a giant billboard. You're going to go up to that merchant and point in the sky and be like, this is your fault. <laughs> oh, but then I guess if everyone just gave you everything, then there wouldn't be anything to play. There would be no sense of progression. Yeah. That was one of the things I, I didn't like about Super Mario 64. Was this, there, there wasn't much of a sense of progression. Like You got the keys from beating Bowser. But still, like, it wasn't... Yeah, and there's only, what, three of those? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So unless you just go knock on the door every so often and it tells you, you don't have enough stars, you don't really have any sort of, hey, this is how far along you are happening, Mm -hmm. and you just kind of left to your own devices. Actually, we were talking about 100%ing a game. I think Mario 64 was probably the first game that I know for certain I did everything that there was to do. And to this day, I still, like, I couldn't, unlike, like, in A Link to the Past, if you ask me about a certain dungeon, I can probably, you know, spit out what I would do. But uh, Mario 64, I'd have to be sitting in front of it. But I know that, you know, when I when I enter the level and it gives me the clue, which is the title of the star that you're looking for, I, oh, I remember that, and I can, yeah, I can pretty much just go get yep. it. Um, and I imagine uh, that Banjo Kazooie is very much like that for you, Joel. Having beat it, would you yes. say nine times now? I, I want I want to say it's like nine times. I don't have an exact number, but yeah. yeah. So is this the game that you've probably beat the most? Uh, no, no. Super Mario World I've beaten more times oh, okay, yeah, than yeah. any other game. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and it was always a hundred percent. Get that little star next to my exit counter. That Mario World is the one where like. The, doesn't the title screen it it says like ninety six? Yeah, and it's, it's ninety six yeah. exits. Yeah, and you get a little star next to it. Right, and and most people just assumed that that was a percentage, <laughs> so it would draw. Like I I used to, and it used to drive me crazy. Like, yeah. what am I missing? Where's the other four percent? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, anyway, uh, unless you guys have anything to add, I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, well, oh, speaking of completionism, okay, that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah, I was say, uh, yes, it is. Uh, the great study of completionology. Um, <laughs> so, uh, when you beat Banjo Kazooie hundred percent, you do get a different ending. Um, okay, it, it actually tells you about secrets that are supposed to be in the game that you don't have access to mm-hmm. that are going to be in the sequel. You know, so like when Banjo Tooie comes out, you can do this thing and so like there was the swap and the stop and swap feature that was supposed to be implemented and um they could never get it to work you were supposed to start up banjo tui mm-hmm. okay uh, get to a certain point in the game hold down the reset button pull out the cartridge for banjo tui crazy insert <laughs> the cartridge for banjo kazooie let go of the reset button the game would boot up believe it or not this is how it's supposed to work uh-huh. the game would boot up and the features would be unlocked in, in the old game. <laughs> Whoa. And, and they could never get it to work. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, right? All right. I mean, hey. uh, So uh, you can look up Stop and Swap. It's pretty interesting, like, what they were trying to accomplish. And, and what they ended up doing in Banjo-Tooie was a total cop-out where, like, you collected items in that game, and the items are in that game and not in the previous game. Right. However, however, due to ROM hacker code peoples, <laughs> people who are smarter than me, uh, they, they were able to deconstruct the game and find out that those things were already built into the game, that you just okay. had to punch in a secret code in the Sandcastle to unlock them. Uh-huh. And uh, it's actually kind of a one-time unlock only. Uh, for all three files on the game cartridge. Huh. And, uh, yeah, so even if you're starting a new file, um, like, it, everything's already unlocked when, after you've punched okay, it. Okay, yeah. So I've kind of been afraid oh, okay. to, to do this on my cartridge. I want to keep it pure. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like uh, like on the original PlayStation when you'd have multi-disc games. Yeah. And it would tell you. Although if, I think if, if an N64 game told me to do all that stuff, I'm not sure I would believe it. Even if it yeah, really worked, yeah. I'd be I, like, "How about they, no?" They, yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is not real. They wanted to do it, and they, they couldn't. Like with the N64 DD, they, they would have worked, but yeah. that never came out of the US. <laughs> yeah, right. Because there were only yeah. 12 games made in Japan or something like that. <laughs> that was, <laughs> there was this yeah. PC game that I played, um, and I don't remember, like, I think it was called Deadlock or something. But it, it was a turn-based strategy game. And you you could, like, make alliances with your enemies. And, and one of the the opposing races uh, during a conversation would give you a hint. And his hint was to press Control-Alt-Delete on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like if Banjo-Tooie had given me all that instructions, I'd have been like... Why do I feel like you're encouraging me to mess up my N64? Yeah, <laughs> encouraging me to corrupt my save file. I don't believe you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, if you're hearing this, that means that our I I, get, I didn't talk about this last week, but uh, my plan uh, when I had this idea was to record a few episodes and then present it to. Um, we're, we're all a part of it to varying degrees, uh, an online ministry called Geeks Under Grace. Mm-hmm. And my plan is to present like the first couple of episodes to the board and see if they wouldn't mind us branding it 
uh, for Geeks Under Grace and publishing it that way. If for some reason they're not cool with it, um, and that that's fine. You know, it's not like I'm gonna pout or anything. Uh, we'll just release it ourselves mm-hmm. somehow and and rebrand it um, and remove all mention of Geeks Under Grace. Ha ha. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, say, uh, I mentioned them a lot. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. So um, no, no. So it's just that's the plan. So if you're hearing this. Uh, one of those two things happened, and uh, hopefully the Geeks Under Grace route, because I would love for this to kind of be part of that. Also, if it goes that route, I suspect that we won't have to have paid for anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I don't actually know, and and actually we might want to men- we might want to delete mention of money from this. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but uh, yeah. So that's the plan. So if you're hearing this, that's you're hearing it. One of those ways uh so uh i'm sure at one point once we start publishing these we'll have an email address that you guys can write in and give us suggestions and give us your input and all that stuff um hey my pc's letting me know that my display driver has stopped that's <laughs> that's weird because i still have a display Interesting. <laughs> oh, that's, that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> so, Usually, i get that error it just blue screen <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll set up a, an email and maybe a Twitter so that you can write us. Um, real quick, what um what should we talk about next week? We can include Nolan, that at the end of the episode. Yeah, Patrick Nolan. Just did Kazooie. Yeah. So one? what do you what do you want to play? I don't know. Let me see. Uh, I feel like just going straight into Ocarina of Time. Like right after we just did Link to the Past would be too soon. Yeah. Um, let me think. What was another good one? I can go old school. Um We we could uh you f- familiar with any Sega games? We could get off Nintendo consoles for That's what I was also I was like trying to I was like, let me see if I like think of Nintendo or like um PS one. Yeah. Um I forget. Was it P- did it cut off at PS One or did we have PS Two as well? PS Two is the yeah. So. Then I will say, uh, uh, go like Jack and Daxter series. I like that. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, I need to go out and buy that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh is that on PSN in any capacity? Like, can you download it for PS Three? Um, I know on PS Three they had an HD uh, for yeah, like the entirety of it. Uh huh. Um, Vita. Oh yeah, and Vita okay, too. Okay, I've got a Vita, so I can. Uh... You have a v- You got one of those too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't play it very often. Like okay, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally the only games I own for it I got through PS Plus. I have not spent a dime yeah, <laughs> on that's... games for this. No, a, I I got that. I got the special edition that I got it a week early. Nice. nice. So I was like, because you know PSP was so legit and. He had touchscreen and all that stuff, so I'm going to get it early. And then I didn't like any of the games until, <laughs> you know, indie stuff. But Yeah, I, I got it when um when I got my PS4. I was like, well, there's this this uh, sort of like Wii U gamepad functionality that I'm missing out on. So, oh, yeah. And, and, of course, I had PS Plus because uh, I had it for PS3. So I mm-hmm. thought, well, I have games for it sitting around, so... Uh, if you're listening and you want to play along with us, the, the next episode, um, which, like I said, because we're recording a bunch all at once and then going to publish them, they'll probably 
uh, be up relatively quickly after each other. So the next episode, we're going to play Jack and Daxter, uh, which, as we just discussed, you can get for Vita, or if you have a PlayStation 2 laying around, yeah, uh, you can probably pick it up on eBay for pretty cheap. I think uh, GameStop just recently started selling older games again, so you might want to check. Did they? Uh, yeah. Um, so you might want to check a GameStop or one of the other. Um, like if, if you've you got can... a local... A local or yeah, retro. Yeah, games I got store. one of those on eBay. Yeah. It's like seven dollars. There you go. PS2 yeah. version. That sounds about right. You can get a good game for cheap and bless some stranger on the internet with seven bucks. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for mm-hmm. joining us for Original Gamers Cast, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Be good, humans. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>